Hey, it's John Lee Dumas of EO Fire, and it's The Entrepreneurial You, the show for dedicated and passionate Caribbean entrepreneurs seeking daily inspiration, brought to you by author, speaker, and award-winning entrepreneur, Henneka Watkins-Porter. You must be prepared to ignite. Coming up on this episode of The Entrepreneurial You. If I was an insurance professional, a real estate professional, it's using social media to really um, keep myself entrenched in the local network where I see uh, centers of influence, where I see people that you know influence other people. So it might be uh, better engaging with partners. It might also be keeping in touch with my clients so that when a year from now they need to renew their insurance policy, they are going to stick with me. Part of the reason is because we've maintained such a good rapport over social media over the last years. Hi, I'm Henneke Watkins-Porto, your inspirational leader and host of the Entrepreneurial You podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Jamaica Stock Exchange. And now let's go to today's episode. My guest on episode 76 of the Entrepreneurial You Today is a leading authority on helping businesses through their digital transformation of sales and marketing. He does this through consulting, training, and helping enterprises, large and small, develop and execute on social media marketing strategy, influencer marketing, and social selling initiatives. He is the president of the social media agency, PDCA Social, and also teaches digital media to executives at universities around the world. He's also the author of three books on social media, including Maximize Your Social and soon to be published The Business of Influence on Educating the Market on the Why and How Every Business Should Leverage the Potential of influencer marketing. He resides in Irvine, California, but also frequently travels to Japan. It gives me enormous pleasure to welcome Neil Schaefer to the Entrepreneurial You podcast. Welcome, Neil. Thank you, Hanukkah. It's a pleasure and an honor to be here. And of course, um, and let in all transparency, let me just say thank you again for joining because to my, my faithful listeners, you know, we had a technical glitch where we attempted, we started our recording or uh, supposedly started our recording and then something happened. So we're, we're doing it the second time and the second time is a charm. <laughs> Indeed it is. <laughs> and of course, I ask you initially, have you ever been to Jamaica? And I, and I love what you say and I want you to repeat that. Oh, well, you know, I've never been, but obviously it's, it's a place that many, many Americans, I think a lot of us grew up listening to a lot of Bob Marley. And, and that's sort of the image that we all have of Jamaica. So uh, one day I will get there and I will be on the beach there sipping rum uh, and chatting with you about social media. So I look forward to that day. One love, one heart, <laughs> let's get together and feel all right. <laughs> Everybody. Woo! So- <laughs> <laughs> so I'm excited, I'm pumped, I'm fired up to talk with you, Neil, about social selling. What is it and how do we navigate it in a world that is socially noisy? So social selling is one of these words that people define differently depending on who you ask. So my background before social media was enterprise sales or B2B sales or selling, representing a business selling to other businesses. 
And therefore, my definition of social selling really is about how salespeople that need to sell primarily to businesses uh, that have large organizations, that have multiple people that decide on a purchase, how they can leverage social media as part of their sales toolkit, as part of the sales process. Obviously, that same concept can be applied to how to sell one-to-one to consumers, for instance, insurance sales professionals, realtors. And I think really the, the big difference between you know social selling and social media marketing is really social selling is all about this one-to-one approach of directly engaging, using social media to engage, to create, to develop, to nurture relationships that lead to either new business or add-on business and, and more loyalty with your customers over time. Okay, so you get into that one to many that social media is really about where you know and and from where and then you build in from the inward from that many to the one, so you connect to that one and one um whether it is that you want to connect with the uh, the CEO of a company for example, and to develop a strategic partnership um give me a like a personal example well, sure, I mean, if you're representing a a company um you know i I've worked at a semiconductor manufacturer. I've worked at a software company. I've worked at a, a network software company. And, you know, I was selling to Sony's or to Samsung's or to those sorts of large companies. And if you're in that same boat, it's really about how to use social media to help you uh, better understand the organization, better keep in touch with people um, and and really, uh, you know, understand uh you know, where there are opportunities uh, when they mention on someone mentions on LinkedIn that they just opened up a new branch, you know, in in the same city you live. Well, who's working there? How can I develop relations there? Relationships there that can help me with my business. Uh, It it could be uh, you see that the person that used to be the key person buying from me at a company just switched jobs to another company. Well, who is now the key person? So it, you know, as I like to say, social media replaces nothing. It complements everything. So what social media does is it gives you additional information. It gives you intelligence that you can utilize. Uh, it helps you keep in touch uh, better with, with people, whether they be prospects, whether they be customers, and it helps you find new people to uh, keep in touch with. So at, at the end of the day, uh, you know, the sale is not being done over a LinkedIn, over a Facebook, over an Instagram, unless you're an e-commerce store. Uh, and then we get more into the social media marketing. Um, but really we're, we're using social media to help us nurture those relationships that are critical to salespeople. Okay. So it's like, you know, looking some persons digitally in the eye and seeing what they're up to and connecting, building rapport and connecting with them for, you know, with possibly the end goal of eventually being able to sell to those people. Absolutely. Uh, you know, I'll give you that's sort of the B2B approach. If I was an insurance professional, a real estate professional, it's using social media to really um, keep myself entrenched in the local network where I see uh, centers of influence where I see people that, it, you know, influence other people. So it might be uh, better engaging with partners. It might also be keeping in touch with my clients uh, t- so that when a year from now they need to renew their insurance policy, they are going to stick with me. Uh, part of the reason is because we've maintained such a good rapport over social media over the last year. So, you know, th- there's a short term, you know, need to make a sale. There's also this long term, keep the relationship uh, engaged and nurtured so that when the time comes, I will be top of mind. And it's really maintaining that top of mind status that is really critical for, uh, for a lot of people in business. So, um, like I said, it, it doesn't replace uh, anything. 
it, it complements everything, but it gives us a chance to uh, keep in touch on a more regularly basis uh, than, for instance, sending an email or sending a phone call. It also lets us be authentic and, and engage in a, in a casual way more frequently than we could do outside of social media. And so uh, when we look at things like cold calls and hard sales, um, where does social selling fall in the scheme of things right there? Yeah, I, you know, I think it's obviously replacing a lot of those activities. There's still salespeople that swear by the cold call. Uh, and, you know, if I was going to do a cold call, I would be at least be using social media to find out more about that person before I call them, right? And, and therefore, that is one way in which you use social media from a sales perspective to uh, develop, you know, information, to find information uh, about people and what might trigger them to want to talk to you. But, you know, we're, we're in an age now where people uh, are tuning out of phone calls. Uh, there's the do not call list. There are apps that screen calls. I know that on my phone with T-Mobile, uh, if it's a phone number that is uh, getting a lot of spam reports, it'll actually say scam likely. So people are tuning out these old forms of, of things and they're just spending their time differently. You know, social media represents this convergence of information and communication. And this whole digital transformation means we're just spending less time doing some things and more time doing other things. Yes, there's still people that use the phone a lot. But for every person who uses the phone a lot, there's another that probably texts more than they use the phone or they use social media more than they text or use the phone. Or maybe they just use their phone primarily for information, not for phone calls. So and when they do do a phone call, it's over, you know, Facebook Messenger, it's over Skype, what have you. So or or it's over WhatsApp, uh, obviously. So it, it really, um, you know, as people change the way that they communicate with each other, salespeople have to understand that and they have to gear their tactics differently. The same thing that worked in marketing 20 years ago does not work today. It's the same thing for sales. And maybe you sell to a generation, an older generation, that uh, that is not really active in social media. And there are still some companies and some customers where it isn't as relevant. But the minute when you look at the demographics and you start to see uh, the millennial generation now composes a majority of the workforce, and more and more of these people are in managerial positions and in decision-making positions, you realize that it's already too late because you've missed out on a golden opportunity to be able to, to leverage the social media that you've been trying to avoid for so long. So my message to everybody, it's, you know, it's all about the education. It's all about jumping in. These are not fads. These are not trends. These are here to stay and really trying to find a way to use it and, and to, uh, to connect with other people. And from that, you find just a lot of value, not only in sales, but in life in general. You know, and, and for those people who would, con you know, still want to swear by cold calls and so on, these, uh, what's happening now is forcing us to think differently and to even do those things differently. For example, I remember I was doing a conference or preparing to do a conference and I wanted to pitch to some sponsors and speakers. And mm -hmm. instead of sending an email, like, you know, the regular email, I created a, 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 a six second video and I was able to send that video, you know, like I would say in an email, but I put it in a video format and the response rate was overwhelming all because it was done differently. So even with, you know, persons sometimes still doing things like, you know, the cold calls and so on, uh, social selling, social media and social media marketing, they've all forced us to be thinking differently about how even some of the traditional things are being done. Yeah, I mean, it, it's always changing. Life is always changing. Just look at the amazing 
technological advancements we've had. We seem to have every year now with AI and what have you. So uh, we always need to be pivoting. Those that work in social media like myself and, and perhaps yourself, Annika, you realize that the needs of customers really evolves over time because the technology is changing. And it really, it, you know, I, I think it goes for any industry, every company. I just saw yesterday that uh, in Japan, Toyota and Nissan and all the big Japanese automobile manufacturers realized that people in the future with self-driving cars coming up, with Ubers, uh, people are just going to be buying fewer and fewer cars. There's not going to be a need to own a car in the future as much as there is today. So they're saying we're not a car company. We're a mobility company. We we provide cars and services to allow people to get to where they want to go. And it's it's this type of rethinking your thought process that what you've been doing up until now will never be as successful because things change and you always need to be slightly changing and evolving what you do in order just to really keep up. Uh, and, and you know, if you love, I thrive on change. I, I absolutely love change. I'm not afraid of change. Uh, but if you're afraid of change, it can be very, very hard. And it's very, very easy to just push back on all this. But uh, I, I urge, I'm assuming, Henneke, those that are listening to your podcast are, are not afraid of change and embrace change. And and I think that's a great example you gave of doing something different because it is a noisy world. And if you're just doing what everybody else is doing, uh, you're not going to stick out. But what, the thing that helps you stick out is really personally connecting with someone. You want to increase your followers on Instagram? Have you ever tried to personally, not just like someone or follow someone, have you ever tried to actually send an authentic comment on someone's post that uh, that really you know might resonate with them and might resonate with their fans and really build relationships? And the more you build these sorts of relationships over social media, not only does your community grow, not only does your influence grow, but it also helps you with your sales, assuming that you're being strategic as to who you are obviously who, whose posts you are uh, targeting to comment on. And it goes the same with Twitter and with Facebook and with LinkedIn. It's all about this strategic uh, approach to who you connect with, who you engage with, what sort of content you post. And that should all really be aligned with your social selling strategy. And it constantly remains constant, that the only constant is change. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay, and a good place at which we can take a break. So let me take a break. I'm going to read a review and uh, thank my sponsor. And this review comes from She Rises, Giovanna. She, I know she has a podcast as well. She Rises out of the USA. And her review says, amazing content, great energy. Thank you so much, Giovanna, for sending that review, leaving that review for me. And you too could hear your review being read live on the Entrepreneurial You podcast. When you go to iTunes and you leave a rate and review, simply send me an email to let me know that you did leave a review because of the many Apple stores, I would have to go to each individual country to identify that you would have left one for me. So please, I encourage you, send me a review. I'd be happy to read it here. Leadercast Woman 2018 is happening October 12 at the Jamaica Pegasus Hotel. Attend Leadercast Woman 2018 and learn how you can be a leader who motivates people and champion ideas in ways you never thought possible. Register now at hennikawatkisporter.com or call 876-849-2571 to claim your 20% discount for a limited time only. That's hennikawatkisporter.com or 876-849-2571 to claim your 20% discount for a limited time. We needed to raise capital, but our experience with local financial institutions was that they were cautious 
and slow to act, and interest rates were far too high. We had real concerns about financing our business through outside equity investors and the possibility of interference. Could we get a fair valuation for our business? We had our own ideas about the business and its value. Should I go the traditional route of bank financing or should I try the Jamaica Stock Exchange? So we made a call and experienced transformation of our business through conversations. I'm John Mafood, CEO of Jamaican Teas, and we're listed on the Jamaica Stock Exchange. Give us a call today at 876-967-3271 to begin your transformation through conversation. We want to see your company listed on the Jamaica Stock Exchange. So you want to start your podcast, but you don't know where to host it. Go to hennekawatkesporter.com and claim your one month free of podcast hosting on Blueberry. Or if you already have your host, but aren't getting statistics on your podcast, you can claim one month free stats from Blueberry at hennekawatkesporter.com. That's hennekawatkesporter.com. Go right now and claim your one month free statistics. And welcome back. We come right back. And I'm speaking with Neil Schaefer. Neil Schaefer, he is a leading expert on digital marketing, sales and marketing. And he is traveling the world, speaking at different universities, lecturing at different universities and sharing his wisdom. We're talking particularly about social selling. And before we went to the break, we we spoke, we got to the point that the only constant is change and we need to be changing with the times or else we're going to be left behind and we don't want to be left behind. So, Neil, let's continue. You lecture all over the world and based on what you've seen, you know, in you've, you've been in Japan, in Finland, where are the other places that you lecture? Yeah, I've spoken to more than a dozen countries. So, you know, South Africa, Romania, Malaysia. Uh, I currently teach at three different universities, Rutgers University here in New Jersey in the United States, uh, the University University of Yavaskala in Finland, and then the Irish Management Institute in Ireland. Based on what you're seeing in the in the U.S. Uh, society versus what's in Finland and, and other places, is there any noticeable difference between what we're talking about in terms of social selling and how people approach it uh, in one territory versus another? I think that's this global trend towards using social media uh, continues. However, how we use it really depends on the culture. So in Japan, uh, LinkedIn never did very well there. It never became very popular. On the other hand, Facebook became very, very popular. uh, And and therefore, people in Japan use Facebook as if it was LinkedIn. So I'd go to a business meeting and I'd get a Facebook friend request when I got back to my hotel that night, which uh, to many in the United States would seem really, wow, I only want to use Facebook for my private, uh, you know, for my family, for uh, photos with friends. But more and more people here in the United States, more and more salespeople realize, wow, if I can connect with my clients on Facebook, I can really engage with them and get to know them in an unprecedented and deep way. So there's more and more salespeople that are accepting that challenge and leveraging a Facebook for business as they would any other social network. So that's one example. Uh, another example, I recently spoke in the Middle East in Bahrain. And in Bahrain, uh, small businesses there basically use Instagram as their website. So Bahrain is a, is a relatively small country um, where the Instagram is the website, WhatsApp is the phone number, 
And basically, when you go to their Instagram profile, if you see something you like, it's like a catalog of their products, whether it's a local bakery or a clothing shop, you basically, you know, you, you call them on WhatsApp, you say you want that product, and then they, they hand deliver it to you. Uh, by motorbike or what have you that same day. So it, it's really, really fascinating. I've never seen Instagram leverage to that extent as I have uh, in Bahrain. And what I, from what I hear, that's there are other Middle Eastern countries that are like that as well. As far as just general social media marketing, I, I do think that the United States is, is ahead in many ways because the social networks were developed here. But, uh, you know, everybody is progressing very, very quickly. And I don't think there are many countries in the world that are that far behind. But you have to remember that entrepreneurs, fortunately for us, and startups move the quickest. We are the quickest to embrace change. We're the quickest to leverage this. And therefore, as I write my book on influencer marketing, the business of influence, a lot of successful case studies, for instance, of leveraging influencers on Instagram come from startups, right? They don't have that legacy that they have to deal with. Uh, They can start fresh. For larger companies, they have that legacy. They can't just dive right in, right? They're still primarily on a Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter. They're still trying to teach their salespeople how to use social media. Uh, and therefore, I recently teamed up with Rutgers University to create a social selling program uh, for salespeople at a university, which I think is actually the first time in the United States. And it finally happened. It was finally released in 2018. So this whole aspect of the digital transformation, whether it's social media for sales or for marketing, it it takes time because people don't change overnight. Um, Some people are more resistant to change than others. Some people are early adopters. Some people are laggards. So therefore, it it, it takes time. It takes, you know, many years. It takes a decade. Uh, For many people, it might take a generation. Um, but therefore that's why there's always a need for this type of education on your podcast. There's a need for me to keep teaching. And yes, some of the things I teach today, I taught five years ago for that same reason. It's the same reason why there are books and people talk about SEO and SEO has been around for 20 years. There's still a need. People still talk about leadership, but there's still a need for people to brush up and to find out how to become a better leader. So, um, social media becomes one of these evergreen type of things that I think as a professional, as an entrepreneur, we need to always be studying, always be learning, always be investing because it does change so rapidly. And there's always new case studies to learn from, uh, new approaches that we can learn from. And, and that, that is what excites me. It's what also challenges me to be able to keep up and to be able to always provide insightful information, whether it was 2010 or it's today or it's 2025. Aren't we just living in the best times ever, don't you think? (laughs) It's a wonderful time, no doubt. Yes. Uh, Is there a way to measure social selling? Well, at the end of the day, social selling really becomes, if, if you're using it for sales, at the end of the day, it's all about the sale, right? So when you make a sale, do you know where that sale came from? And then we talk about revenue attribution, and it's really a challenge that even marketers have. So for instance, you uh, you clicked on an ad in Google, and you went to a website, but you couldn't decide whether or not you wanted to buy the product. You went to your their Facebook page, uh, you, you checked out them from Facebook, then you jumped from one of their blog posts that they posted on Facebook to their website, Then you decide to do a search on Instagram for their hashtag, see what people are talking about. At the end of the day, you went back to their website to buy the product, but do how do you attribute the revenue? Was do you just look digitally and say, oh, okay, this person came to our website, bought the product. This this was we can say the ROI it goes to the website, or can we say the reason why they bought the product? Really, social media in some way contributed to that because they went to our Facebook page, they went to our Instagram, Um, they did many many different things. 
uh, before they decided to buy. And I think these days, that is the nature that we call the buyer's journey has changed. It's not, you know, in the past where communication channels were limited, we couldn't do research on the internet. There was no TripAdvisor. There was no Yelp. There, you know, we couldn't ask people, uh, hundreds of people or millions of people on social media. We couldn't send out a tweet and get people's opinions, right? Um, but today we can. And therefore, uh, the, the buyer's journey is usually uh, not linear, but it goes over many, many different channels. Some social, not, so, not social. Within social, it might go across different social networks. And I think the same is for sales, right? So um, you're, uh, the buyer is researching different things. So part of what they research might come from that salesperson that is engaged with that, uh, with that buyer. So this, this gets tricky. So did the ROI come strictly from social media? Chances are it did not because social media replaces nothing, complements everything. But did social media play a role in helping accelerate that deal, in helping increase the probability of that deal? Um, of the customers that you're closing business with, are you very actively engaging with the buyer on social media uh, or are you not? Um, and I think these are the ways in which companies are seeing, you know, what role did social media, if any, play in, in the deal and how much of a role did it play? It's very similar to a website, right? If they came to our website, then that website played a role and we need to have a website. And we don't question, although some businesses still do, for the most part, we don't question the fact that we need a website today. I think we don't question the fact that as marketers or as entrepreneurs or, or you know, uh, startup uh, launchers, we need social media. It becomes part of our infrastructure. And I think there will come a day when VPs of sales, when chief revenue officers realize our salespeople need to have social media as part of their infrastructure to keep in better touch with prospects, with their customers. So the question of ROI, of whether it be of social selling or of social media in general, it's always at the beginning people ask uh, because it's something new. And over time, as they see the ROI, although they'll continue to measure, it begins to be less of a debate and more about how do we more effectively leverage social media. We understand that we're going to develop business. And, you know, influencer marketing is a great example. If you engage with 100 influencers and they post about your product, you're going to get some business from that. I don't know how much it's going to be, but there's going to be ROI from that. Um, even if it's not a sale, it's the uh, the impressions that you get, the number of people that saw that, the number of people that engage with that content that you would not have gotten otherwise. So if, the question is not, you know, is there ROI or not? It's how do we effectively um, leverage this time and get more from it. And I think that that begins to be the ROI of, uh, of social selling. So um, kind of, I know that we talked before in email, you mentioned, you know, social selling index. So LinkedIn has actually created their own index and anybody can find their score. Uh, if you do a search for LinkedIn social selling index, you'll find a score. And what that score is basically telling you to do is all the things, you know, that we would teach in a social selling program, make sure that you connect uh, with with your partners, with your network, with potential customers. Make sure that you are publishing content uh, on a regular basis to engage with potential buyers through content. Make sure that you are engaging with content in your industries that you're keeping uh, top of mind share. Make sure that you are engaging uh, with your prospects. So uh, the social selling index comprises four different components, but it's all about sort of this top of the funnel, um, you know, building awareness uh, making sure that you're doing the right things, you're connecting with people, you're engaging with people, you're you're publishing content so that others can engage with you through your content. Um, you know, there's no ROI in that. That's really that the infrastructure, what you do, 
that becomes the reason why you make a sale more and more going forward. As as more and more people use social media, more and more people consume information from social media, uh, and therefore more and more people are indirectly, you know, looking at your content and making purchasing decisions based on their engagement with you. So, you know, the, the ROI any of this is not a simple answer, but hopefully that helps you rise above that ROI question uh, to understand the intrinsic value that 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 all of this has. And I think 10 years from now, I mean, today I get very few questions about the ROI of social media marketing, Hanukkah, but five or six years ago, um, everybody was asking that. I mean, there were books out called Social Media ROI because people didn't get it. I think people get it now, right? Uh, and, and I think with influencers, seeing the amount of investment going in, that people understand the ROI of influencer marketing. The social selling piece is a little bit late because I think sales is late to change compared to marketing. Um, but I think we're going to get there. And as generations change, as uh, more and more people just leverage social media and, and they see the strategic value of connecting with customers, you know, that question becomes less and more of how do we train our salespeople so that we're all leveraging it? How do we, um, you know, how do we better leverage it, more effectively leverage it? How do we provide our salespeople with better content that's going to help lead to better engagement, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Social media replaces nothing, complements everything. The second time is definitely a charm and was worth every moment of it. And so I want to thank you so much, Neil, talking with Neil Schaefer, uh, social selling, social media, uh, digital marketing expert. I'm going to ask you, Neil, at this point to just share your contact information, how we can get in touch with you. Well, it's very easy. I am Neil Schaefer across every social network. That's N-E-A-L. S-C-H-A-F-F-E-R.com uh, or just go to neilshafer.com and you'll be able to find out anything and everything you want to know about me. Neil Schaefer, thank you so much. I wish you every success in your endeavor. Uh, this has been a very insightful uh, conversation. You see me behind. Um, I'm I'm grinning or smiling from ear to ear because I'm so totally you know involved in the conversation and what you're saying and, and, and so on. It has great value. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you so much, Annika. I wish everybody the best of luck. We have come to the end of another great episode of the Entrepreneur You podcast. Remember to subscribe in Apple Podcast and download all the episodes that you would have missed if you have not already subscribed and downloaded the episodes and play them to the end as well because good stuff is always at the end too. So do that as well as go and leave a rate and review right now. I'd appreciate that. It helps a lot because I put a lot of effort into creating this free content and it does help when I know that it is of significant value to you. So show your love by going to Apple Podcasts and just leave a rate and review. And when you leave that review, do send me an email at hennikawatkisporter at gmail.com because I'd love to be able to read them in an upcoming episode. And if I'm not notified, I won't know it's there because unless you go into all the different stores in Apple, there is no way that I can actually know that a review was left or a current review was left. So it's important that when you leave your review, you send me an email, let me know about it so I can go look for it and read it live on an episode of the Entrepreneur You podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm Henneke Watkins Porto. Remember, you were born to win, but to be a winner, you must plan to win, prepare to win, and expect to win. What good? <laughs>